We are the paradoxical ape. Bipedal, naked, large-brained. Long the master of fire, tools, and language, but still trying to understand ourselves. Aware that death is inevitable, yet filled with optimism. We grow up slowly. We hand down knowledge. We empathize and deceive. We shape the future from our shared understanding of the past. Carta brings together experts from diverse disciplines to exchange insights on who we are and how we got here. An exploration made possible by the generosity of humans like you. basic problem uh, I address here is uh, one of how did languages come to do what they do in terms of taking small, meaningless units and combining them to make meaningful words. So using some English examples, sat, sit, sad. Each time I changed one of the sounds, we get a different word. Sat, bat, fat, same thing. So uh, what I'm going to argue for is that this, well, this is a combinatorial system. And by looking at sign language evidence, we can see what things are like in some ways before such a system evolves and uh, get some clues about how uh, such a system evolves. Uh, I'm going to be using primarily data from American Sign Language. And a lot of people, when they uh, see signs, they say, oh, it's all iconic. And a lot of the signs uh, look iconic, i.e. that you could guess the meaning from seeing the sign. So, for example, drink bird, house, all of those, you can get a pretty good idea of the meaning from the sign itself. However, uh, and those look like, uh, they look almost, they look like gestures, you're gesturing something about the meaning. But really, in a mature sign language, like American Sign Language, the, it has the same type of combinatoriality within the word 
that, we, that I illustrated with that, those examples from English. So I'm going to, and the, the signs consist of smaller parts combined in different ways to produce different signs with different meanings. To find out what these smaller parts are, uh, we have to find examples of signs that differ in only one respect. And I'm going to show you some examples now where we can identify the smaller parts of the signs by comparing signs that differ in only one respect and at the same time be illustrating a second point that you, uh, in most cases you cannot guess the meaning from seeing the sign if you don't already uh, know the language. So first I'll show some signs that differ only in hand shape versus versus and unless you know the language, you probably don't know that this means change, this means translate, and this means interpret. Similarly, bird, which I showed you, print or publish, 20. <clears throat> These show that the place of articulation, there'll be a lot of that later, makes a difference. So bird articulated at the edge of the lip, print or publish on the other hand. And uh, signs can differ only in movement, name, uh, short, knife, egg. All of those, I don't think you would guess the meaning from seeing them the first time and uh, illustrate how signs can differ in movement. And we'll concentrate on these three things. So each sign consists of a hand shape, a place of articulation, and a movement. There's also sometimes orientation plays a role. I will set those cases aside uh, since they won't be essential to the points that are made here. There's a, there's a uh, each sign language has an inventory of hand shapes, places of articulation, and movements, and uh, a, it's a combinatorial phonological system that puts them together, yielding different signs with different meanings. Some, some signs are fully iconic. So bird, all of its uh, smaller parts, which I'll call formatives, all of its formatives contribute to the uh, iconicity. The hand shape is L. The movement, the index touches the thumb twice. Place of articulation, POA, is at the edge of the lip. And all three of those contribute to the iconicity. And, and Bird shares hand shape and movement, as I showed you before, with print, print publish, or 20. And the place of articulation is the same as in drink or in famous, where you also at the edge of the lips. Uh, another sign that it, so bird is fully iconic. All of these contribute to the iconicity. Some signs are partially iconic. And an example of that is heart one. I'll be talking altogether about two signs. Heart, this is an older form. Later we'll see a newer form. So that is this heart. Very iconic. The movement, a heart shape 
place of articulation, left side of chest, about where the heart is located. But there is a, uh, an arbitrary element. The hand shape is this open eight hand shape, which has nothing to do with heart. It's completely arbitrary. And uh, some people interpret the, some signers interpret the heart shape the way I've been doing it, more or less the heart shape you see on Valentine's. For some, it's an oval. For some, it's a circle. An important distinction that's going throughout this talk is the distinction between gestures and signs. And so I've uh, coined a, a notation here to keep them different. On the left is a gesture. Trace a heart shape over region of the heart, which could be done with any, any finger or fingers or combination, as opposed to the sign. So the, the gesture is in these double angle brackets. A sign has these three formatives, and each of those is enclosed uh, in square brackets. Uh, the very important here is the gestural hypothesis that iconic signs evolved from holistic gestures. So uh, that the sign heart on the right uh, evolved from the gesture on the left. And uh, a piece of evidence for that, if that, in that is the case, that the sign heart, heart one, d evolved from the gesture heart, it, this, this hypothesis makes a prediction that early on there would have been variation in the finger or fingers used to trace the heart shape since uh, that hand shape plays no role in the gesture itself, which is just trace the heart shape. It doesn't say anything about which finger or fingers. And in fact, there is evidence that that is correct, that there was variation early on. A couple of books for, uh, I'm indebted to Brandon Skates for bringing to my attention, that an 1884 book, Deaf Mutes Describe a Small Surface Over Heart and Pointing Downwards, saying nothing about which finger or fingers. And Higgins, 1923, right index points to heart or right thumb and index trace shape of heart in region of heart, or both index tips trace shape of heart. And notice that none of these are the open eight hand shape used for heart in ASL. So this uh, is one kind of evidence for the gestural origin of the sign heart. Now, uh, what distinguishes one sign from another? And uh, I'm going to show you two signs now uh, that differ only in place of articulation. And uh, this one means Canada. This one means Yom Kippur. <laughs> and the only difference is whether I, I uh, do it at the place of articulation on my right side here of the chest or the left side. Okay. Now, for those of you who do not know ASL, I'm going to do a sign, and you tell me which it means, Canada or Yom Kippur. How many say Canada? How many say Yom Kippur? 
Okay, it looks about evenly split to the extent I can see. Well, actually this means Canada. But before I said this means Canada and this means Yom Kippur, why doesn't this mean Yom Kippur? I'm doing it with my left hand before I did it with my right hand. What this shows is that the relevant distinction is not between right and left on the chest. And I'll introduce the terms ipsilateral, which means, uh, this is Latin, ipsi, same, lateral side. Ipsila an ipsilateral sign, uh, a sign's pl place of, or of articulation, is on the same side as the articulating hand. Contralateral signs articulated on the opposite side. Uh, so, Canada, ipsilateral, and I'm right-handed. This is Canada, this is Yom Kippur. A left-handed person, this is Canada, this is Yom Kippur. The crucial thing is whether it's ipsilateral or contralateral. Now, let's go back to heart, and I'm going to show you the, uh, the other sign uh, the other sign for heart, which I'm right-handed, so this is heart. And it seems like the place of articulation is iconically motivated. But how would a left-hander sign heart? Why? Because it's contralateral. I'm signing I'm right-handed. I signed it over here, where the heart is located, more or less. But for a left-hander, it's also contralateral, so we sign over here. So this is, this is an important fact, and this illustrates the major transformation or, uh, that has taken place in what I'm, gonna, what I'm talking about today. Namely, that uh, the formal characterization of place of articulation as either ipsilateral or contralateral uh, trumps the iconicity. These things started out iconic with, uh, with this, the movement being iconic, place of articulation where the, hand is, where the heart is located. But once uh, they evolve from gestures to signs, we now have a system where the formal properties of the signs take over uh, and trump the original iconic motivation of uh, the form, from, coming from the original iconic uh, gesture. This gives us uh, a way of, of seeing properties, formal properties of signs as opposed to the gestures from which they derive. And right and left have no place, but ipsilateral, contralateral are essential. So let me show you some other signs now where you can see the same thing. So direction of movement is either ipsilateral or contralateral. So I'll show you the signs for right and left. When I sign right, my hand moves to the right. When I sign left, my hand moves to the left. But really, when I sign right, my hand is moving in the ipsilateral direction. And when I sign left, my hand is moving in the contralateral direction. 
So when a left-handed person signs right, the hand moves in the ipsilateral direction, which is to the left. And when a left-handed person signs left, the hand moves in the contralateral direction, which is to the right. This shows very clearly that what's relevant is the formal properties of, this, of the uh, place of articulation, not the original iconic motivation, which you see in the right-handed signing, but the left-handed signing uh, turns that on its head. Uh, also, I, I want to dispel any idea that you might have gotten that the, gest the gestural source of particular signs might only have been in the distant past, and also that, there, that there's any physical difference necessarily between gestures and signs. So the sign Yom Kippur that I've been uh, illustrating has a gestural source, which is this, which is physically exactly the same as the sign. Uh, it's done in the synagogue service on Yom Kippur. There's a prayer. Uh, it's a communal confession of various kinds of sins. Each type of sin, as it's mentioned, the worshipers go like this. What do the left-handers do? This is the gesture that is the source of the sign Yom Kippur, physically identical to it. For left-handers, in the synagogue service, they do this. Uh, it goes to the place where the heart is located, which is here on the left side. But when they sign the left, uh, when, the, when they sign the sign uh, Yom Kippur, which is evolved from that gesture, it's on the opposite side, the contralateral side, because Yom Kippur is a contralateral sign. Okay. Uh, so, uh, this difference between gestures and signs is the key thing. The signs have certain formal properties. They evolved from gestures, but once they have these formal properties, they can turn out uh, quite differently. And uh, we can generalize, and some of the other papers have talked about this, uh, Mark, Mark Aronoff and Carol Patton's just before this, the, of a general, a more general uh, gestural hypothesis that uh, sign languages had their earliest stages in gestural communication and have evolved from, uh, from that to current sign languages. And very uh, great confirmation of this is the uh, Asaid Bedouin sign language that Mark Aronoff just mentioned in his presentation, where uh, he and three others have been studying this new Bedouin sign language in southern Israel, which does not have a combinatorial system, a combinatorial phonological system putting parts together, uh, as we saw as we saw here. Okay, one last point. Comparative cross-species evidence from language experiments with chimpanzees. These are the chimpanzees that people signed with for years and years. Rivas did 22 hours of videotape and eliminated all cases 
where they just repeated what the human had signed within previous five seconds. Here's the number of different uh, signs each of these chimps produced. And their four most frequent signs accounted for 58%, 45%, etc., of their total out- output. Why? The main thing is, after years of this, why is their vocabulary so small? The explanation, the chimps learn no signs at all, only a small set of holistic gestures. And a deeper explanation for that uh, is that they don't have the combinatorial abilities that humans have to have a combinatorial system putting uh, meaningful words or signs together from smaller units. This This suggests strongly that these combinatorial abilities of humans developed after the split between the human and chimpanzee lineages. Thank you.